0: All right, guys, so uh, Happy New Year, almost. Uh, Last day of 2023. Man, you know, because I only worked not even half a year this year with my injury, so it's really flown by. (laughs) I'm just now getting used to writing the 23. Um, So anyway, it is uh, the last day of 2023. We're going to be in Psalm 119 today, verses 9 through 16. Uh, you know, one of those New Year's messages about being in God's Word. You ever heard one of those? Uh, so, so do you have any goals for 2024? That's my question for you. Church, you have any goals? What are some common goals at the beginning of New Year? What do we call them? New Year's resolutions. Uh, some common ones, and these are good ones. There's nothing wrong with these. Maybe a little more exercise. You know, like I told you guys last week, I don't know if I need to do that or not, Justin. Yeah. I seem to hurt myself every time I try, but that's a good one. That's a, that's a you know, especially when the older you get, and you're thinking, man, I need to, I need to buckle down a little bit and uh, exercise, diet, these type of things. These are very common things. You know, it's a new year. We're going to start. Some people stick with it. Most people don't. Uh, paying off debt, just these type of things. You know, the, just the common thing. You think it's a new year. I'm going to start fresh here. Um, all of these things are good. But have you ever had this goal? And if you haven't, let's, let's have it together. How about this year, I want to be more godly. You want to be more godly in 2024? I know we need to be. We always need to be pursuing that. But have you ever, has that ever been your goal? You don't need to answer. <laughs> I want to be more godly. How, how do we become more godly? That's the question. That's what I want to try to answer today. We do it. We can't put it this way. We can't do it apart from God's Word. Okay, You're not going to become more godly apart from God's Word. And so that's what we're going to see today. Uh, the title of the message is sanctified by the word. Now, what this is not being a New Year's message, you know, I don't want you to think that this is your pastor saying, okay, guys, you need to be reading to the Bible once a year. You need to be doing this plan. You need to be doing it just like this. It's a duty and you have to do it. It's not what I'm saying. If, you, if you're if you on a Bible reading plan once a uh, once. Through once a year, great. I've done that for several years. I've kind of switched it up so I'm not on a, somebody else's plan. So it's not a this is not an imposing on some duty on you that's not in the scriptures, but the Bible does it does as God's people. We need to be in God's word, How, wh- however, that works for you. Whether that's a chapter a day, whether that's a verse a day, and you chewing on that verse all day, or whether it's five chapters or ten, whatever. We do need to be in God's word and we are sanctified by the word. And so that's what we're going to see today. We're going to see how God can sanctify us by the word. So let's 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 read it together. Psalm 119 verse 9 through 16. How can a young man keep his way pure by keeping it according to your word? With all my heart I have sought you. Do not let me wander from your commandments. Your word I have treasured in my heart, that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord, teach me your statutes. With my lips I have told of all the ordinances of your mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies, as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and regard your ways. I shall delight in your statutes, and I shall not forget your word." Oh, Father, we humbly come to you today. Father, I pray that you would give grace to those who hear your word today. Father, uh, give your people ears to hear your word. And Father, give grace to me in speaking your word. And Father, give us all grace in obeying your word. Father, may your word sanctify us today. Father, may Christ, who is the Who is the Word made flesh? May He receive all the glory today. And may we love Him more today than we did when we came here. We ask all this in His name. Amen. So if you have a bulletin, if you're one of those people who follow an outline, my my outlines are very, very simple. Just to help your thoughts, help you follow. Um, The question at the top of the outline is, How can God's Word sanctify me? The title of the message is Sanctified by the Word. But how does that happen? How can God's Word sanctify me? We'll seek to answer that. First of all, God's Word can sanctify you. So you understand, that's, it's personal. How can God's Word sanctify you? How can it sanctify me? Let's make it personal. First of all, be purified by the Word. in Verses 9-11. through 11. Be purified by the Word. Look at verse 9. How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it, according to Your Word. By keeping it according to Your Word. So it says, how can a young man keep his way pure? Is this for the young? Yes, it is for the young. But is it only for the young? Oh no. No, no, no. This is for all. Church, this is for all of God's people. This is for all Christians. You know, there's there's no greater question that a Christian can ask. Oh Lord, how can I keep my way pure? But I do want to warn you that if you're not a Christian, this doesn't even apply to you. You can't ask this question. You can't keep your way... That's not even the appropriate question if you're not born again, if you're not saved. The question you need to be asking is, am I saved? Am I forgiven? Am I born again? And you'll hear me, those of you who go out to the streets with me today, you'll hear me ask that question. Because I ask that question because I want it to prick the conscience. Yes, you, young man, are your sins forgiven. So if you're not in Christ, that's the question you need to be asking. Because you can't keep yourself pure outside of Christ. You can't purify yourself. Okay? You cannot keep yourself pure. What you need to do if you're not a Christian is repent and believe the Gospel of Jesus Christ. Confess Christ as Lord. And then God will begin that work in you. But for the Christian, there's no greater question that we can ask you know this is biblical counsel here Um, in other words guys the world has no answer for that question how can a young man keep his way pure I can promise you Dr. Phil's not going to have an answer is that his name I almost said Uncle Phil Dr. Phil and and I hope you surely understand that Oprah's not going to answer that question now they can't answer that question. How can a young man keep his way pure? Now this counsel comes only from the Scriptures and only from the God of the Scriptures who indwells the believer. What this first verse ought, should remind us all of as God's people, just this, because this is not even a this is not even a uh, indication that that the psalmist like was living in purity. That's just the desire of his heart right that's the desire of the christian's heart but what this should remind us of is that we're all polluted with original sin beloved even as christians we are still dealing with our sin are we not surely there's not anybody in here that says not me I, have you guys ever met somebody like that they're called the sinlessly perfect crown i've been saved 20 years and i haven't sinned since no you were never saved because once you have the holy spirit he your sin is magnified. No, this is for the, this is a reminder, guys, that we are still de- dealing with our unredeemed flesh. We're still dealing with indwelling sin. But the question is, is do you desire this? Do you desire purity in your life? Do you desire for your way to be pure? You see, this is the mark of a Christian. We, that we now hate our sin. And our greatest desire is this, Oh Lord, I want to be pure before you. I want to be pure before you. Matthew 5.8 You know, we've been going through the Beatitudes in Luke, but in Matthew, Matthew's account, Jesus says this, Blessed are who the pure in heart. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. I say this every time, guys. You remember what the they is. It's emphatic. Meaning they and they alone shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they and they alone shall see God. Why? Because they have been made new creatures. Those are the pure in heart. Those who have been born again. Right? We're born again. We're no longer the person we used to be. We now desire to please God. Church, a holy life is not attained by an accident. You realize that? You don't just stumble into... Living a pure, holy life pleasing to God, right? Our book we've been going through for months on Saturday morning, The Men. That all of these things in the Christian life are intentional. We need to be intentional with all these things. Right? Um, So, look what he says in the second half of the verse. He says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to your word, by keeping it according to your word. You realize if you're going to a destination, you don't know where it is, okay? And you need help getting there, you need directions. Without a good map, (laughs) and without actually heeding the directions on the map, you won't accidentally arrive at your destination. Right? Very simple. You can have a good map, but if you don't follow the instructions, or the directions, you're not going to arrive there. men. right? We we want to do it our way. Look at the map. You could follow the directions, but if it's not good directions, you're not going to arrive. And beloved, the same way, we're not going to arrive with this whole idea, how can a young man keep his way pure? Pleasing to the Lord without a good map. What's our map? The Bible. The Word of God is our Bible. But you could have 20 Bibles at your house, but if you're not... Heeding the directions, right? That's what he said. By keeping it according to your Word. We have to have the right book. We have the right book. We do. We have the Word of God. But we have to heed it. You have to read it. You have to obey it. You have to be in it. So these things don't happen by accident. You and I, we need the truth of God's Word. How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to your Word. We need the truth. The truth of God's Word is what accomplishes this. And we need all of God's Word. Amen? Amen. We don't just cherry pick it. We need both the warnings and the promises. And if we would heed those, those warning passages, guess what? That leads to, to purity. It's, it's, like, it's like both having the, the, the Christian, right? We both fear God and we love God. And both of those things purifies us. Amen? I want to obey God because I love Him because of what He has done for me. But I also want to obey God because I fear Him. And I want to please Him. I don't want to come under His discipline hand. I've been there too many times. It's not pleasant. But it's meant to get you back on path. No, it's like, it's like your dad right? growing up. Oh, dad's coming home. I know I've disobeyed. You know, it's like having a healthy fear of your father. Keeps you in line, but also loving your parents keeps you in line. You know, I love my mom and dad, and I don't want to be a heathen. It's that love and that fear, both. We need God's Word. He says in verse 10, With all my heart I have sought you. Do not let me wander from your commandments. You know what that just simply means, guys? This is the picture of a truly regenerate heart. It just means with all my heart, with a sincere desire. That's all it is. With a sincere desire, I want to know You, Lord. I want to know Your will. And I want to do it. This is not the man that's seeking to impress others. Outwardly, right? You know, I have my Bible. I attend church. Such and such. But it's all a show. It's hypocrisy. This is the man who is truly seeking Christ. Not for the sake of show. Not for the sake of impressing others. Not for the sake of whatever. But it's, I I, I want to know God. I want to live a pure life. With all my heart I have sought You, Lord. Do not let me wander from Your commandments. See, that's a picture of genuine humility. That's a picture of genuine humility. A heart what? who understands his own weakness. It doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. The longer we're a Christian, the more weak we realize we are. I need Christ every moment of every day. I need Him. The song we just sang. You see, for the the cult of sinless perfectionism, this is is as far opposite as that as you can get. Oh Lord, let me not wander from Your commandments. Teach me Your Word. Remember what John said in 1 John 1.8? The one who says he has no sin is deceived and the truth is not in him. Beloved, we need Christ. As Christians, we need Christ every second of every day. Why? Because we're prone to wonder. We're prone to wonder. As long as we're in this life, we are dealing with indwelling sin, like it or not. The unredeemed flesh. But we're not slaves of sin. We've been set free. And so we can walk in victory. In verse 11, this is all under the, be purified by the Word. How can God's Word sanctify us? Be purified by the Word. Verse 11, Your Word have I treasured in my heart that I might not sin against you. Treasured. The Word just simply means hidden. Hidden. Stored up. Your Your Word. I have treasured in my heart. I have hidden. I have stored up. I have memorized. Ooh, that stings. How often do we memorize Scripture? I've delighted in. And guess what? Church, whenever it's treasured, whenever it's stored up, guess what? It will be there when you need it. Right? When those temptations come, you'll have God's Word stored up in your heart. Who modeled that in the Scriptures for us? Remember in the wilderness? The devil came and tempted Jesus. What did he say? It is written. Because God's Word was stored up. That's the idea. That I might not sin against You. I store up Your Word that I might not sin against You. You see, the world's treasure, the world's treasure, beloved, riches, right? Material possessions. These things, they're on the outside, right? They're on the outside. And and it even talks about that that our riches, they have wings and they're going to fly away, right? They're not guaranteed. They're temporary. But the Christians treasure the Word of God. It's inside our hearts. That's the whole idea. We treasure it. We store it up in our hearts. And guess what? When you store the Word of God in your heart, nobody can take it from you. It's there. That's why we read about our brothers and sisters in places like China. They have whole books of the Bible memorized who are sitting in prison. Why? Because they don't have the Scriptures. And they they have treasured it in their hearts. Why can't we do that? This is true soul food. You like soul food? True soul food. Hide the Word of God in your hearts. Listen to what Spurgeon says. His heart would be kept by the Word. You hear that? His heart would be kept by the Word. Why? Because He kept the Word in His heart. When we store up God's Word in our heart, it protects us. And it's there when we need it. It's there when we need it. He loves the Word. This, this, the picture of this man who is seeking to be pure before God. He, he loves the Word. With all my heart I have sought You. Your Word have I treasured in my heart. He loves the Word. Why? Because it's the very Word of the God whom He loves. It's the very Word of the God who has saved Him. And we love Him. He hates sin. This is a picture of a person who hates sin. Do you you see that? How can I keep my way pure? Your word have I treasured in my heart. Why? That I might not sin against you. This is the true desire of every true Christian. It's not the hypocrite. Putting on the show for the church people, right? Putting on the show for for, for, for the family, for those who know Him. No, you are the same person when you're alone as you are when you're with the people of God. I want to know Him. I love Him. I hate sin. Why does this man hate sin? Psalm 51.4, David says, Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. That's why we have a hatred towards sin. Because it's against the God whom we love. Do we believe it, beloved? Do we believe God's Word? Do we reverence it? Because if so, and we hide it in our hearts, it will protect us. It will purify you like nothing else can. Before we move to our second point, think of Eve in the garden. Eve was fine. Eve was fine. Perfect fellowship with the Lord. She was fine until she doubted what? Until she doubted the very words of God. And then she was deceived by the serpent. We must must hide God's word in our heart, we must keep it, we must seek Him. We must treasure it in our hearts, beloved. Be purified by the Word of God. Point number one. How can God's Word sanctify me? Point number two. Be taught the Word and proclaim it. Be taught the Word and proclaim it. Verses 12 and 13. Verse 12. Blessed are You, O Lord. Teach me Your statutes. Blessed are You, O Lord. Teach me Your, statu- teach me your statutes. This is, he just. This is an outbreak... An outbreak of adoration and praise from the psalmist. Thank you for your word, he's saying. Oh Lord, thank you for who you are. Thank you for your word. Let me ask you something. Do you thank God for who he is? You thank God for his word? Do we thank God for his word? All these Bibles we have on our phones and in our homes, do we thank him? Oh Lord, you've given me your word. How do we know who God is? Because of his word. How do we know that we can approach God and He wants to hear from His children because of His Word? His Word tells us. His Word tells His children, come to me, bring your prayer requests to me. You can come with boldness. You can come with confidence. I'm here to to give you mercy and grace, dear child. How do we know God is holy? Because His Word tells us. How do we know God is just? How do we know God is loving? How do we know God is merciful? Because of His Word. I'm so thankful we have His Word. Are you? Oh, His Word. He says, teach me your statutes in verse 12. You know, this is not just for head knowledge, guys. I hope you, because th- this is not the psalmist, and it doesn't need to be us either. We don't ask God to teach us His Word just so we can have more head knowledge and be smarter than everybody else. That's, that's like a Pharisee. Okay? No, it's, it's teach me. It's me. Lord, I want to know You. We should approach God's Word as knowing Him, okay, like even like I have hours of preparation for this. That's something I have to do. So I am seeking knowledge, obviously. But that's different than me on my own time
1: being in the Word
0: for my soul. Lord, I want to know You. This is not this is not me studying for anything. I want to know You. That's what He's talking about. Teach me Your statutes. I want to know You. Verse we talked about yesterday morning. Ephesians 4.20, you don't have to turn there. Paul uses this phrase of learning Christ. Not even learning about Christ. Learning Him. It's this intimate language. He says you did not learn Christ in that way. That's what he's talking about, church. Do you want God to teach you? You you see what he says? Blessed are you, Lord. Teach me your statutes. You teach me. In other words, being taught directly from God in your quiet time, seeking the Lord. It's the Lord teaching us directly through His Word. Beloved, 1 John 2, chapter, 20, 20, or chapter 2, verse 20 and 27, John says this, and we need, to re- we need to remember this. You don't have to let the charismatic steal this phrase. He says, you have an anointing. You realize that? <laughs> yeah, I heard Joshua say amen on that. You have an anointing. And and He says there's no need for a teacher. Now, we want to have balance with that. Because in Ephesians 4, He says He he gave us pastors and teachers. What's He saying? For the Christian, you have the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit. When you seek God in His Word, ask Him to show you these things. He gives illumination to His Word. Christ, the Holy Spirit, what what did He come to do? To reveal Christ to us. Oh, he'll He'll take you to Christ and His Word. This is what he's talking about. Lord, teach me your statutes. What does Hebrews 4.12 say? Reminds us of what the Word of God is. The Word of God is what? Living. That's what I'm trying to say. It's living. And we have the author of the Word inside us. This is like dynamite. It's explosive. The Word of God is living and active. Do you hear that? You guys know what I'm talking about. It's not like reading another book. I remember when I was first converted. And I was like, whoa. Whoa. This is about me now. I mean, this Word, it's reading me. It's like, whoa. The first time in my life, it wasn't a dry, dead book. The the Word's bouncing off the page. That's what I'm talking about. The Word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. And piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit, of both joints and marrow, able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. There's a lot in that. What is that saying? It both wounds and heals. The Word of God will cut you, but then the Word of God will heal you. I think it was Adrian Rogers I heard say years ago that we don't just read the Word of God, it reads us. That's the whole idea, beloved. It's like having a cut or a scrape on your leg. I remember as a kid, my parents used to have these... I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about, but there were these little tubes about that long full of red stuff, like liquid. And you would just squeeze the end of it and put it on that wound. Oh, it would sting so bad. But I remember my mom just said, oh, it's going to cleanse it. That's what the Word of God does. It stings sometimes. Oh, but it's healing. Teach me your Word. I want to learn... Christ. I want to learn Christ. And in in verse 13, with my lips I have told of all the ordinances of your mouth. Do you see the flow here? Blessed are you, O Lord, teach me your statutes with my lips I have told of all the ordinances of your mouth. To our second point, be taught the word and proclaim it. All these different ways is how God sanctifies His people through His word. With my lips I have told It's a cause and effect, guys. That's what this is. I have to speak. I have to speak. (laughs) What did the apostles say in Acts 4? We cannot stop speaking. About what? What we have seen and heard. Beloved, why don't many speak? (laughs) Because maybe they haven't seen and heard anything. Some people don't speak because they don't know Christ, period. Some people don't speak because they're not hearing from Him on a regular basis. Do you hear from God? Do you spend time with God? Do you have God nurture your soul while you're just in His Word? Not so you can be smarter than the next guy, but because you want to know Him. This is the language here. Church, Matthew 10, 27. Jesus says, What I tell you in the darkness speak in the light do you hear that what you hear whispered in your ear proclaim on the housetops that's the idea are you hearing from christ through his word through your time with him to where it just bubbles up i got to i have to tell somebody whether it's another christian right teaching another christian discipling another christian talking to your spouse, or proclaiming it to the world, I've got to tell somebody. That's the idea here. Teach me. I have to speak. Lord, what you told me this morning in my quiet time, I want to shout to the world that Christ is the way. He is the truth and He is the life. Amen? Amen. That He is the way. He is the truth. That there is a literal hell and it's hot and it's eternal. And that there's only one way of escape. It's through Christ. Look what He says. All the ordinances of your mouth. With my lips, I have told all the ordinances of your mouth. Not just some of them. No, all of them. Even doctrines like hell. Even those hard doctrines that are not pleasant. But beloved, I'm not ashamed of the doctrine of hell. We should not be ashamed of the doctrine of hell because it's in God's Word. And Christ preached about hell. And we need to warn others. Not because we find pleasure in hell, but because we want to see people rescued from the wrath of God. All of your ordinances. Even those that we know. Oh, there's going to be a lot of pushback if I say this. All of His ordinances, beloved. It's all truth. And beloved, this will keep a man pure. This will keep a man pure. The Gospel itself will keep a man pure. It will keep a man pure. What happens when you you remind yourself of the Gospel? What happens when you tell others of the Gospel? These truths, beloved. These truths about our sin. We're being reminded of it. We're being reminded of Christ upon that cross. Oh, how can I sin? and How can I do this evil and sin against God? And so when we're reminded of the Gospel and we're preaching the Gospel, we're having Christ continually brought before us. How can we sin against the One who bore the wrath of God in our place? And we picture Him on that tree in blood and agony. That'll purify you. And when you proclaim that message, it'll purify you. Listen to Spurgeon to this point. He says, it will be an effective method of cleansing a young man's way if he addicts himself continually to preaching the gospel. I love that. I love that Spurgeon said it. (laughs) Addict yourself to preaching the gospel and it will cleanse you like nothing else. You don't need a how-to book, how to be pure. Devote your life to the gospel of Jesus Christ. It will purify you. He goes on to say, He cannot go far wrong in judgment whose soul is occupied in setting forth the judgments of the Lord. When we occupy ourselves, not with the vanity of this world, but with the Gospel of Jesus Christ, and we are reminding others, beloved, believe me, you are reminding yourself of these things as well. And how can I sin against this God who is... He was has died in agony and blood and the wrath of God that I deserve was poured out upon Him. Oh, it purifies us. He says, by teaching, we learn. By training the tongue to holy speech, we master the whole body. You see, if you occupy yourself with learning how to proclaim the Gospel to, to the lost and just amongst brothers and sisters, and you're occupying yourself with the Word of God, you have not got time for that filth, nor the desire. That's what he's trying to say. By familiarity with the divine procedure, he says, we are made to delight in righteousness. And thus, in a threefold manner, our way is cleansed by our proclaiming the way of the Lord. I say to Spurgeon, yes and amen. Yes and amen. When I am preaching the Gospel, in other words, to sum all of that up, When I'm preaching the Gospel, guess who's hearing it? Me. (laughs) I'm hearing it. I'm hearing the Gospel. And it purifies me like nothing else. That's His point. Beloved, how can God's Word sanctify you? Be purified in the Word. Be taught the Word and proclaim it. And third and last, delight in the Word and don't forget it. Delight in the Word and don't forget it. Verse 14 through 16. Delight in the Word and don't forget it. Look at verse 14. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. Rejoice. If you have an ESV, it says delight. Very similar words. I went with delight because delight is also in verse 16, but they're virtually synonymous. The idea... Of rejoice or delight, it's just a—it's a high degree of joy, is what it is. It's—it's skipping about and jumping for joy. That's what—that's what he's saying. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies. Why, why, beloved? Why so much joy? Why so much delight? Because it's taking root in the heart. When God's word takes root in the heart and it begins to cleanse the life, how can we not rejoice? How can we not? Jump for joy. How can we not find delight in that? David says, I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. David was king. He knew all about earthly riches. Okay? And listen to what he says. I find more delight in your word than anything this world has to offer. That's the idea. Beloved, how about you? Do you delight in the Scriptures? Do you delight in God's Word in this way? Do you rejoice? Do you rejoice in the Word of God more than you rejoice in your paycheck? More than you rejoice in anything this world has to offer? Do you rejoice in the Scriptures? Because of how it cleanses you. Think of the reasons why we should rejoice for the Word of God. you remember what Peter said? 1 Peter 1.23 For you have been born again through the living and enduring Word of God. That's enough right there. God used His Word to save me. Hallelujah. But it doesn't even stop there. We're saved through the means of the Word of God. And then Jesus in John 17, 17, really to the title of our message, sanctify them, Father, in Your truth. Your Word is truth. We are both saved and sanctified by what means the Word of God. Oh, we should rejoice. We should delight in this Word. And then obviously in verse 9, we're kept pure by the Word of God. Oh, but David, he even even goes a little further here in verse 14. He says, I've rejoiced. He doesn't just say, I've rejoiced in your testimonies, but in the way of your testimonies. Church, that that word way adds to it. It just means the practice of His Word. Not just His Word, but he's saying, I rejoice in the practice of Your Word. Putting it to practice. In other words, He's saying that He rejoiced or He delights not just in hearing the Word. Right? There's a lot of people who like hearing the Word. and they hear the Word. They've got, they've got years of church attendance. They like hearing it. Some like reading it, right? Many people like hearing it reading it so they, they can be the Facebook police and go around correcting everybody and calling everybody a heretic. This guy's a heretic. But there's no love in their heart. There's no love for Christ. That's not the idea here. No, David rejoiced not just in hearing it and reading it, but in obeying it. In obeying it. That's what that word way means. The way of your testimonies. So is our motive in knowing God's Word, is it so that we can be the obnoxious jerk who thinks they know more than everybody? Whether it's social media or in real life. Or is it so that we can be a godly person? We can be a godly person. Beloved, is this why we rejoice? Is this why we delight in God's Word? So, in the way of His testimonies, do we delight in, in God in His Word? Do we, like, do we delight in... We should delight in hearing it. We should delight in reading it. We should delight in eating it. <laughs> like, ingesting it. Getting it in us. So that we can be more like Christ. In verse 15... He says, I will meditate on your precepts and regard your ways. I will meditate on your precepts and regard your ways. Really just still, just this whole delighting in it. Meditate. That's another word we let the Buddhists and different groups... Hey, meditation is great. It's just what are you meditating on? The word just simply means to ponder. To think of them. In other words... I will meditate. I will ponder. I will think on Your Word. Think on Your precepts. You know what the point is here, guys? He he just got through saying, I've rejoiced or I've delighted in Your Word and the ways of Your Word. And now He's talking about meditation. You know what the point is? It's easy to meditate on that which you delight in. Is it not? Oh, there's some professing Christians to try to get them to even read their Bible. It's like pulling teeth. But they meditate on all kinds of other things. What are we meditating on? What are we pondering on? What are we thinking about? That's what the word meditate means. I will meditate on your word and regard your ways. Listen to what the Puritan Nathaniel Renu says about meditation meditation is that of happy influence, it makes the mind wise. When we meditate on God's word, yes. We are going to become wise and the affections warm and the soul fat and flourishing and the conversation greatly fruitful. You hear that? Meditation, it does affect the mind. We become wise. But the affections become warm, right? The Puritans spoke of the affections often. Right? When a man is born again, what happens? Our affections are changed. Right? Amen. And then through sanctification, they continue to be warmed. Cleansed. So it's not just an intellectual thing. That that comes by meditation. Church, let us learn. Let us learn to begin to meditate on God's Word. That's why I say, don't be legalistic with your Bible reading. If you just haven't got time to sit down and maybe... And and that's why, hey, Bible reading plan is great. I've been on them for years. But I've got to where I, you know, I'm still I'm reading big chunks of scripture, but there's some days, some days you're just you just sense the man, this verse here. Chew on it all day. Chew on it, meditate on it, ponder upon it. All kinds of different ways to take in God's word, but we need to learn to begin to meditate on God's word. You're meditating on something. You realize that? You're meditating on something every day. Maybe it's your uh, favorite team statistics. Boy, I used to be real good at that. It's amazing. So so we all and, and some of the stuff it's not bad, right? It's not bad in and of itself to meditate on Oregon, Oregon State. Or, or Oklahoma or OU. <laughs> no, but obviously these things, they can become idols real quickly. So we need to be meditating upon Christ. And he says this, verse 15, guys, I will meditate on your precepts and regard your ways. The flow continues. Regard or respect. What does that mean? I look to, to your ways. I look to your Word to guide me. I meditate upon it. I delight in it so that I can look to your Word to guide me in my life. That's what it's saying. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8 says that real clearly. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. So meditation is not just for meditation in and of itself. It does cleanse us. It has so many good effects upon us, but it's, it's, it's ultimately meant to, to, to push us towards obedience to loving Christ. Right? He said, if you love me, you'll keep My commandments. If you love Me, you'll obey Me. All these things are tied together. Meditation assists in that. And so verse 16, in, in closing, guys, He says, I shall delight in Your statutes. I shall not forget Your Word. Remember, we're just looking at how can God's Word sanctify us, right? I shall delight in Your statutes. I shall not forget Your Word. In verse 14, matter of fact, if you look at a few verses... It's been past tense. Look at verse 10. With all my heart, I have sought You. Verse 11. Your Word I have treasured. Verse 13. With my lips, I have told. Verse 14. I have rejoiced or or delighted. And then starting in verse 15 and 16, it's I will meditate and then I shall delight. In other words, He still does, guys. He's not just saying, yeah, one time in my life, one time in my life I, I delighted in Your Word so I'm good, right? I said the prayer back in church camp when I was a young man, and I got excited about God's Word for about a week. That's not what, that's not what he's saying. It's not a flash in the pan, in other words. Have you ever been around people? I have. That Because um, I'm making a point. I've seen people get so excited about God's Word, maybe at work, to, to the point where they're almost obnoxious. But it doesn't last long and then you never hear from them again. And next thing you know, they're using all kinds of profanity. And just... I mean, it's just like... Nothing was ever real. No, it's not a flash in the pan. It's the man of Psalm 1. Turn over to Psalm 1. We're not going to read the whole thing. The song we sang a few times. Listen to this, guys. This is the picture of it right here. He says, I have delighted... I will meditate in your precepts, regard your ways. I shall delight in your statutes. We'll just read the first three verses. In Psalm 1. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. Here, here we go. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither and in whatever he does, he prospers. Beloved, do you want to be fruitful in the Christian life? you want your life to be fruitful? Which is really what all this language is. How can a young man keep his way pure? Then delight yourself in the law of the Lord. Okay? Make it your life to be in God's Word, to get God's Word in you. Make it your delight. And God's Word is powerful, is it not? He will accomplish His purposes in your life. We use that verse in Isaiah 55 so much for evangelism, right? That my Word shall go forth and it will not return empty. That's true in the believer's lives. His Word will accomplish sanctification in your life. But we must be intentional We must be in it and we must take delight in it. And we'll be like that tree firmly planted by the water, the roots going down deep and all kinds of green foliage and fruit. That's the point. It all comes from God's Word. And then he says, that last verse, he says, I shall delight in your statutes. And we've already talked about that. It's just the skipping about, jumping for joy. And to the last point here, I shall not forget your word. To the simple point, guys, we don't forget that which we delight in. Amen? If you delight in something, you won't forget it. And I had to think of Pastor Chuck when he was here last February and when we went to eat at Smoke and Joe's for those who are with us. I promise you Chuck has not forgot that. He delights in barbecue, and he delighted in that barbecue that day. I was sitting next to him, and I've never heard Chuck be so quiet as far as not talking and just grunting. He was very gruntled, very pleased. Why? Because he took delight in it. And he has not forgotten. When I come back to Oklahoma, we're going to Smoking Joe's. That's the point. If we delight in God's Word, beloved. I shall delight in your statutes. I shall not forget your Word. If you easily easily forget God's Word, it just shows you're not truly delighting in it. So commit. And this New Year's Eve message for 2024, obviously this is applicable every day of the year, but commit to getting in the Word if you're not, okay? This is me gently appealing with you. Get in the Word of God. Get in the Word of God. Your flesh says, no. i got other things to do. Get in the Word of God. And get the Word of God in you. Okay? Don't don't do it just for a check off the list. Devote some time. Okay? That that, that verse in Matthew 10 where Jesus said, what you hear in secret, what you hear whispered to you. That time, for the most part for me, is 4.30 in the morning. That's my time. That verse, that's what I picture in my mind. That's when Jesus is speaking to me through His Word. And and it springs, it bubbles up out of that. That's the point. Get the Word of God in you. Let it purify you. Let it purify you. Let God teach you directly from His Word and proclaim it to others. Whatever that setting is. Find another Christian who doesn't know as much as you and teach them. Find somebody who needs to hear about Christ and tell them the simple Gospel message. Proclaim the Word of God to others and then delight in it. And we have God's promise. You won't forget it. You won't forget it, and it will sanctify you. Amen? All right, guys, let's pray. We will take the Lord's Supper here in just a moment. Father, we thank You for Your Word, God. We thank You for Psalm 119. Father, we thank You that You have not left us alone. We thank You that there is a way for the believer to, to walk in victory over sin that You have given us Your Spirit, and You've also given us Your Word, and they work hand in hand. And so Father, I just pray that Your Spirit would help each person here, wherever they're at, wherever they're at in their their walk with You, God, that we would just be more faithful to being in Your Word and, and allowing Your Word to sanctify us than we are presently. Father, if there's any here who do not know You, Lord, I pray that Your Spirit draw them. Your spirit would convict them of their need to repent and to confess Christ as Lord. Lord, we love you. We praise you for who you are, God. And also for what you have done for such needy sinners as us, Lord. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.